Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of sports yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. It's time for Bombardi Memories, a song that takes you back in time, into January or February, to the greatest one day spectacle in all of sports. This is the Every Other Tuesday podcast that looks back at each and every one of the 50 plus Super Bowls and tells the story of who won and why. For the fan who needs more than just a box score, this podcast goes drive by drive, play by play through the most dramatic games in history. I'm your host, Tommy A. Phillips, and you can visit my website at TommyAPhillips.com where you can find all of my books. Today we have Super Bowl 44, which was held on February 7, 2010, at Sun Life Stadium in Miami Gardens, Florida, between the three-time AFC champion Indianapolis Colts and the first-time NFC champion, New Orleans Saints. As always, we have a pop quiz and then homework at the end of the episode. The pop quiz question for today is, who was the last team to recover an onside kick in the Super Bowl before Super Bowl 44? The answer will come at the end of the podcast. The New Orleans Saints had never been to the Super Bowl before, much like the Arizona Cardinals of a year ago. But in 2009, they put together the most remarkable streak in franchise history, winning the season's first 13 games in a row. Once they reached 13-0, they lost interest and rested their best players, and they finished 13-3. The Saints had such a potent offense that it's hard to find a weak spot on their schedule, not counting the exhibition games once they clinched the number one seed. Although. No team had ever won a Super Bowl after having lost the final three games of the season before New Orleans. The Saints scored at least 30 points nine times. They scored at least 45 points four times. They were practically the second coming of the greatest show on turf from a decade ago. The Saints crushed Kurt Warner and the defending NFC champion Arizona Cardinals 45-14 in the divisional round. They then played Minnesota in the NFC championship game. Minnesota Vikings legend Brett Favre threw an interception late in the game with the score tied at 28. The Saints then went on the win in OT 31-28. 
After decades of frustration, the Saints were finally on to their first Super Bowl. Quarterback Drew Brees had a banner year, throwing for nearly 4,400 yards and 34 touchdowns with a passer rating of 109.6. Running backs Pierre Thomas and Mike Bell combined for over 1,400 yards rushing, plus another 300 yards from Thomas receiving. Their top receiver, Marcus Colston, caught 70 passes for just over 1,000 yards and 9 touchdowns. Devery Henderson was second on the team with five catches for just over 800 yards. As for the Colts, they started the season 14-0 and were well on their way to a 16-0 record. Sure, most of their victories in the second half of the season were close ones, but with Peyton Manning at the helm, a perfect record looked in range. That's when head coach Jim Caldwell pulled Manning and the starters out in the middle of the team's Week 16 games against the Jets. Why did the Colts give up? Why? No no one knows. Who knows? But they threw away those final two games of the season and finished 14-2. and the Colts beat Baltimore 20-3 and got a rematch against the Jets in the AFC Championship game. They defeated New York 30-17 to advance to their second Super Bowl in four years. Regardless of how the season finished, the Colts looked to be the best team in the league thanks to their stifling defense that perfectly complemented Manning's offense. Manning threw for exactly 4,500 yards and 33 touchdowns. Running back Joseph Adai ran for over 800 yards and 10 touchdowns. The Colts had a pair of players catch exactly 100 balls. Receiver Reggie Wayne and tight end Dallas Clark. Wayne went over 1,200. Clark went over 1,100. Both had exactly 10 touchdowns. Receiver Austin Colley wasn't too bad himself, catching 60 passes for a little under 700 yards and 7 touchdowns. Even Adai caught 51 passes and 3 touchdowns. The Colts were absolutely loaded. With defensive end Dwight Freeney picking up 13.5 sacks, the Colts look ready to start a dynasty with their second Super Bowl of the latter half of the decade of the 2000s. Dallas Cowboys and Arizona Cardinals legend Emmett Smith tossed the coin, which New Orleans won and chose to receive. The Saints went three and out on their opening possession, though, and they had to punt. Manning started the Colts out with a 15-yard pass to Clark. He then hit Colley for another first down at the New Orleans 25. Manning got the ball to a die to reach 20. The Pierre, receiver Pierre Garçon was unable to catch one on third down. Kicker Matt Stober filling in for an injured Adam Vinatieri. Well, he became the first, the, the oldest person to ever play in the Super Bowl 
when he kicked a 38-yard field goal to give Indianapolis the early 3-0 lead. Returner Courtney Roby fumbled on the ensuing kickoff, but the Saints got it back. Breeze then threw the running back Reggie Bush for 16 yards. But again, the Saints' offense broke down, and a couple of incompletions led to a punt. Punter Thomas Morstead perfectly kicked one down to Indianapolis 4. Manning got the next drive going with a pass to running back Donald Brown to reach the 15. And I ran for 16 more through a big hole. Then he followed a block by Reggie Wayne to get 12 more yards. Next, Brown got the Colts about 9 yards within a half yard of first down. And Adai easily picked that up going right up the middle. And he got more than just the first down. He got 26 yards, which actually was his longest run of the season. Manning then hit Garcon in the end zone for a 19-yard touchdown. The Colts have matched the longest drive in Super Bowl history, going 96 yards to make it 10-0. Breeze now had to get things turned around. Only one team had ever come back from down 10 points in the Super Bowl, and that was a Washington Redskins team, which won 42-10. Now, Breeze here, he got a first down on an 11-yard pass to Colston. Bush then ran a couple of times, and on the second one, he was hit laid out of bounds, drawing a 15-yard penalty. Thomas caught a pass and broke some tackles to get to the Indianapolis 40. Breeze then went over the middle for Colston, earning another first down at the 29. The Saints proved unable to move the ball from there but kicker Garrett Hartley made a 46-yard field goal to get New Orleans on the board. The Colts went three and out, and Plumborough, Pennsylvania legend Pat McAfee punted it down to the 28. Breeze went to Colston for 13 yards, then went to tight end Jeremy Shockey for another seven. Receiver Lance Moore broke wide open, hauled in a catch for 21 yards. Colston followed with a catch for 27 yards. Then after the two-minute warning, the Saints were stuck down there at the Indianapolis 1, but they were having a hard time getting in. Bell tried pounding it in. He got hit for a loss of half a yard. So head coach Sean Payton told the Saints to go for it on fourth and goal. But Thomas was stuffed by linebacker Gary Brackett, and the Colts took over near their own two. Now, the Colts played it very conservatively, running the ball in three straight plays. They came up just short of a first down. That cost New Orleans two timeouts, but it allowed them to get the ball back with under 50 seconds to go in the half. Breeze fired to a wide-open Henderson for a first down at the 32. He then spiked the ball with 20 seconds left. Another pass to Henderson ended inbounds. The Saints had to burn their final timeout. Breeze then went to Bush for a short game with five seconds left, and he stepped out of bounds to allow Hartley a sock. Hartley calmly made the 44-yard attempt, and the Saints were, went to the locker room 
trailing 10 to 6. The turning point of this game came on the opening kickoff of the second half. Morstead lined up to kick it deep, but instead he kicked an onside kick. The ball bounced off the hands of Colts receiver Hank Basket, and after one of the biggest scrums in the history of American football, the Saints came out on top, out of the pile with the ball. From that point onward, the Saints had the momentum. Breeze through the Thomas to get a first down to the Colts 45. A couple of passes to Henderson yielded another first down. Colston then caught one for about nine yards. And Thomas followed with a run for eight more. Breeze then threw a little screen pass to Thomas, who juked his way to a 16-yard touchdown that put New Orleans out in front 13-10. But the Colts are not dead yet. Manning threw to Clark for eight yards and a die ran run, caught one, excuse me, for a first down. A die then ran for 11 yards and Manning found Clark again for 26 more yards. Brown ran it down to the 15. Clark caught one. He rolled it all the way down to the four. And then a die made a double spin move. Nice move. And that got him into the end zone for a four yard touchdown. Colts back up 17-13. But Breeze answered back quickly. He threw the bush for a first down in Indianapolis territory at the 48. Next, he found Henderson for another new set of downs at the 36. His third down pass to Shockey came up short of the sticks, but Hartley made his, 30, his third 40-plus yard field goal of the game. His 47-yard field goal cut the Saints' deficit to one. Headed to the fourth quarter. Manning got the Colts back down the field, starting with a pass to Colley for a first down, followed by a 17-yard pass to Garçon. A short pass to Wayne got the Colts within two yards of a first down, and Caldwell chose to go for it. Wayne caught a pass for a first down at the New Orleans 32 to pick it up. The Colts couldn't go much farther, though. Stober tried a 51-yard field goal to extend the lead to four, but he missed it wide to the left. Breeze then led the Saints right downfield to take the lead. First, Bush ran it into Indianapolis territory, then Breeze hit Thomas for a pass to the 42. His next pass went to Henderson, got a first down. Bush hauled one in for eight, then Breeze found Colson for eight more. Next it was receiver Robert Meacham getting a six-yard catch. Thomas carried the ball twice from there, got the ball down to the two, and then Breeze fired a quick pass over to, to Saki, and that was a touchdown. Saints take the lead 22-17. to on the ensuing two-point conversion attempt, Breeze threw the Moore, who bobbled the ball while reaching over the goal line with it. The ball came loose, and officials ruled it no good, incomplete. However, since it was a matter of crossing the goal line, the fact that he had possession at one point with the ball past the line meant 
that he had already scored. The two-point play made it 24-17 in favor of the Saints. Manning now had to lead a touchdown drive to tie the game. He threw the Garcon for 17 yards before nearly getting picked off. He went back to Garcon on a slant pass to pick up the first down, then found Wayne twice to move the chains and get to the 31. Two plays later, though, on third and five, Manning threw a careless pass that was picked off by defensive back Terry Porter, who returned it 78 yards for a touchdown. That made it 31-17 Saints, and the game's practically over. The Colts moved it back down into New Orleans territory, starting with a couple catches by Clark. Manning then went long to Cauley for a first down at the New Orleans 30. That brought on the two-minute warning. Manning came out of the break with two passes to a die. Manning almost got picked off in the end zone by defensive back Jabari Greer, but that fell incomplete. Colts also got called on the play for offensive pass interference backing them up. Now, while Manning got them back down to the three on a pass to a die, they soon faced fourth down. Manning's fourth down desperation pass over the middle fell incomplete, and the game was over. The New Orleans Saints were Super Bowl champions for the first time in franchise history. Drew Brees was named MVP after a brilliant pinpoint day. He completed 32 of his 39 passes for 288 yards and two touchdowns with no interceptions. His passer rating was 114.5. There is no argument that he was the best player on the field in this game. There wasn't anyone else even close. This was the highlight of his Hall of Fame career. and When he enters Hall of Fame, they will play the video of this game forever. The next best player in this team, I'll throw a curveball here. How about a split award between kicker Garrett Hartley and punter Thomas Morstead? Hartley made three field goals of 44 yards or longer, as well as two extra points. As for Morstead, he made the most clutch surprise onside kick in Super Bowl history. The last team to recover an onside kick... The Pittsburgh Steelers in Super Bowl 30. And that's the answer to today's pop quiz question. The Steelers recovering that onside kick back in Super Bowl 30 as they made a comeback but ultimately came up short. The best player on the losing Colts was Peyton Manning. Yes, he threw a pick six. He also threw for 333 yards and a touchdown. He wasn't the reason they lost. His pick at the end came in desperation as he tried to rally his team from down seven. Manning didn't wilt in the big game, but he was just not good enough to win, I guess. For least valuable player, I have to give it to Reggie Wayne, who caught just five passes for 46 yards on 11 targets. Those numbers are not going to cut it in the most important game of the season. Sorry, may have been double covered. It's not like he was opening it up a ton for the other receivers. Just a bad day for Wayne.
The biggest play of this game is obvious. The onside kick changed everything. It changed momentum. It changed field position. It changed possession. And most of all, it changed the score. What a call that was. Payton's decision, not Payton Manning, but Sean Payton's decision is one of the most aggressive decisions in Super Bowl history and it paid off big time. Now, the best play you don't remember, that would be New Orleans stop on 30 inches from about the Indianapolis 11 near the end of the first half. If running back Mike Hart picks up the first down on that play, the Colts run the clock out for the first half and go to the half with a 10-3 lead. But the Saints made that stop. They called timeout with 46 seconds left, eventually getting a field goal out of it. No one remembers it, but that was a key sequence in this game. The best player you don't remember is Pierre Thomas, running back of the New Orleans Saints. He had 85 scrimmage yards and a receiving touchdown in this game. He was often forgotten because the Saints had Reggie Bush, one of the most dynamic and explosive players of all time. Thomas earned his spot on this team with his shifty running. He deserves to be remembered. Okay, finally for homework this week, I'm going with this book. It's called Peyton and Breeze, The Men Who Built the Greatest Offense in NFL History by Jeff Duncan. Well, I don't think they're the greatest offense in NFL history. They're certainly one of the best. And the Saints, really, they deserve the win more than just this one Super Bowl. But I can think of another team just like that. In fact, that team will be the subject of our next episode. Aaron Rodgers goes for his first Super Bowl, and he tries to do it as a number six seed. Meanwhile, the Steelers go for their stairway to seven, but will they end up instead stuck at six? Find out next time as the Green Bay Packers take on the Pittsburgh Steelers in Super Bowl 45. In the meantime, please consider buying one of my books at TommyAPhillips.com. This is Tommy A. Phillips signing off. Solo. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Each week, the official Football Learning Academy podcast will take you deep into the history of pro football through interviews with players, coaches, or administrators in the NFL, as well as interviews with Pro Football Hall of Fame selectors, authors, and historians. You'll learn how the game evolved and important moments that shaped the sport into what it is today. And don't miss the Pro Football History Nugget of the Week. Listen to the official Football Learning Academy podcast on the Sports History Network. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com 
forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.